Welcome to the host, Eucharistic and Hipster Talk. We hope you enjoy this episode with us. Hello, Deacon Maverick. What's up? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, settling in in ice-cold, wet Texas in front of my, well, sort of burning down ember fireplace right now. How about you? Um, I am about to make some coffee. Um, Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I took a bit of a nap. Um, because of uh, my sinusitis, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. at that time of the year, it's very cold. Um, we are still in, uh, in autumn, we're going to winter as we anticipate, you know, Christmas. Um, Absolutely. I think and God willing, I'll be able to receive the sacrament after about a year of fasting from it. Um, so I think it's great. Thanks be to God. Yes, and uh, yeah, it's technically still uh, still fall where I'm at. Winter won't be here, I think, for a couple of more weeks. I'll need to look up when the first official day of winter is. But as the old song goes, things are beginning to look a lot like Christmas, although I can't say there's toys in every store, as uh, many of the stores are still on minimal you know, operating times because of the uh, pandemic, but that's not stopping Amazon and eBay. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think, you you know, I think personally for guys like, like us, um, I think, well, I think for most people, Amazon is the way to go right now. Um, Oh yeah. You get free shipping and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I've been, in fact, I'm on VIP status on one of the, um, online shopping apps in Korea because I spent um, I spent a lot of money the last few months on um, online shopping because I just don't go out anymore. Um, yeah. Even though I do feel kind of bummed out about it because I'm thinking about going to Toys R Us because I want to get some <laughs> action figures. So, there you go. I mean... Let me guess. McFarlane action figures? I, I don't know yet, but um, I the thing is, I'm looking for something, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do want to get myself a gift, and that is my way of giving myself a gift. Um, it's either that or I'm thinking about getting an a iPhone or, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know yet. Um, well, I'll, I'll make a recommendation to you, Deacon Maverick. If you go pick yourself up an action figure... I highly recommend that you get the uh, Mortal Kombat 11 uh, McFarlane Spawn action figure. For those of you who aren't in the know, uh, Spawn was actually a guest character on the new Mortal Kombat video game. The action figure they made for his character is absolutely amazing. I got me one, um, let's see, back in October... Um, still in the box. I plan to unbox him one day when I get a bigger shelf for my music and 
everything, but he'll be up there with Predator and with Alien and with Godzilla and all my other figures like that. So, yeah, yeah pretty cool. But, yeah, highly recommended you get that one if you like it, Digging Maverick. So. Cool. I mean, today yeah. I'm, hopeful, I'm, I'm planning to get some studying done, but, um, you know, the weekend is usually a time where you want to, where you need rest because the week usually takes a toll on you. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that oh, I'm yeah. probably doing a lot more riding, uh, in my, uh, you know, in my, you know, one to two week holiday that I'll be having during Christmas time. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess that brings since we're on talk of gifts and of the year winding down and of the winter and Christmas, I guess that's probably a good segue into sort of our general topic for this podcast for those of you listening. And that is the topic of Christmas, but also of St. Nicholas, because today, at least for the next 13 minutes in my area of the world, is in fact... Uh, the eve before St. Saint, Saint Nicholas's feast day. And one of the things I tell people that I loved, or, or I guess I should say that I love about becoming Orthodox is that me, as a 35-year or a 31-year-old man, ha, 35, I've clearly been up too long. But <laughs> me as a, yeah, oh, Lord, don't wish that on me, God save me. Um, but me as a 31-year-old man, married man with one kid and then another on the way gets i get to believe in santa claus again but in a way i never thought i could oh yeah um it's it's so crazy because um this was one of the ways that i was able to teach um christmas to my my four-year-old kids so for those of you don't know i've changed my private academy or the place that I've been working for in Korea and I'm now working for a sort of uh I mean school for young very young kids and we have this the theme of Christmas and I was telling them about Saint Nicholas and obviously um for most of the people who are listening to to it because there were some people who heard about my lesson they were quite intrigued by it because they were like wait a second so you actually really believe in saint nicholas as a real person and it was kind of funny because um you know they 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 didn't get it until i explained it and they were like wow that's so cool you know (laughs) it was great yeah and i guess one thing we should make very clear to our readers that what people know as saint nicholas and what is shown on the tvs and the coca-cola bottles and um, all the other things during christmas is there's really not too much similar to the actual person known as saint nicholas of mira but surprisingly there are some key things about the the uh, more mythical person we know as Santa Claus that actually does have parallels to the original St. Nicholas of Mira. And uh, I think one of the things that, that has been super helpful to me 
um, because I, I was asking myself the same question to my wife. You know, how are we going to handle the Santa Claus thing? See, uh, Deacon Maverick and I both grew up um, with Santa Claus being a, a traditional part of our lives and childhood. You know, we'd put up, or at least I would, I would put out cookies for Santa Claus. I'd write him letters. You know, I'd stay up to spy on him putting, you know, uh, presents under my tree which was at the time was my grandfather wearing a Santa Claus suit. But of course it was great fun. And, you know, it came to the point that eventually I grew up and I knew that Santa Claus, at least the Santa Claus that I had been shown was not real. And, but what the joy is now is that I found out how real Santa Claus or St. Nick actually is. And that the reality that is St. Nicholas is actually better than the one I had grown up and been under the impression of as being this mythical uh, figure. Wouldn't you agree, Deacon Maverick? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy because, um, you know, you, you grow up thinking, you, you know, there's a, there's a man that climbs through your chimney. And um, I mean, as a South African, we didn't do some of those uh, things. So basically, Christmas was kind of like this. Um, you have your Christmas t- Christmas tree, you have the Christmas carols, and the evening, you know, you would put your presents under the, uh, you know, you know, the tree and, and, and stuff. Now, sadly, I grew up with that just being a tradition, and they didn't really explain the tradition. I didn't know about St. Nicholas. I knew that there was Santa Claus that worked in a, in the North Pole with elves and you know, it, 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 was, it was kind of like an urban legend, like the Tooth Fairy or the Mouse, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was just sort of like, as a kid, you, 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 you kind of believe it. But, you, you know, when you get older, you start thinking, you know, this isn't real. You know, my mother or father is probably doing this or, uh, y- y- you know what I'm saying? Um, right. And right. Then, we, we feel more comfortable with natural explanations. Yeah. And um I mean, I was okay with that, but it did kind of it made me feel kind of depressed as a kid that these things were lies because um, you start asking yourself, why did you need to lie to me about this stuff? That would have still been sure if it wasn't that way. Um, and then you discover orthodoxy and you're like, whoa, St. Nicholas is a real person. And we've been negatively influenced by Protestant for lack of a better word, propaganda about St. Nicholas. And the other thing is, what's now here's the awesome thing about the real St. Nicholas, and we haven't even touched on his history yet, is that though he has fallen asleep in this life, in the body, he very much can see you when you're sleeping, and he very much can know when you're awake. <laughs> and you, And both children and adults can write their can send their requests to him (laughs) see this this is what's awesome i feel like a kid again but uh for our listeners and i and just so you know that was a bit of an exaggeration but not really um but a little bit um but maybe before we get into uh more talks about saint nicholas and the applications he has for our lives maybe we should introduce our audience to who he is a little bit. I'll give kind of a brief overview of who he sure. is. So St. Nicholas of Mira. So Mira is located in modern day Turkey. 
And Nicholas was born roughly around 270 A.D., and he died around 343 A.D. And much of what is written about him was actually written in church less uh, records. There wasn't much written um, by the uh, secular historians of the time. But one of the so some of the things that to, that Saint Nicholas is patron of is of course children, which makes sense when you understand Christmas. Oh, oh, um, oh. <laughs> but also uh, coopers, sailors, fishermen, uh, merchants, broadcasters, the falsely accused, repentant thieves, brewers, pharmacists, archers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and the list goes on. But the the one thing I guess here's some of the things that may cross over to what we know about Santa Claus or attributes that were given to the jolly fat man in the red suit. Um, so in icons of St. Nicholas, he's often depicted as wearing red vestments and he's often depicted with a white beard. Um, so I, you can kind of see how that translates to the mythological figure we know as Santa Claus. Um, but something else that was very true about him was that he was known to be extremely generous and an advent uh, or an advocate uh, to the poor and the destitute that were around him. Uh, one very famous story about him was that uh, he had heard in his in the place where he was serving as a bishop in Mira that a farmer was indebted to the Roman authorities and he could not pay a debt that he owed to them. And the Roman authorities were going to come the next day and take all three of his daughters and sell them basically as sex slaves um, at the, and during the slave markets to uh, pay off this farmer's debt. And the farmer had absolutely nothing he could give uh, to satisfy his, uh, the ones he owed his debt to. So Nicholas heard about this, and he had his nephew take money from the church treasury uh, and sacks of gold, and they dropped it inside the laundry that was hanging outside on the line to dry that the family had hung up the night before. Well, the father found the gold inside the laundry, and, well, the thing is, the gold was only enough to save one of his daughters. Well, Nicholas again heard about this and sent his nephew again with two more sacks of gold. But the problem is the laundry was hanging up, and the house was locked. Now, depending on which account you read, uh, some says that the nephew threw it through the window or he dropped it down the chimney of the house. And this actually woke up the family and the father of the house stuck his head out the window and yelled out at Nicholas's nephew and asked, you know, who are you? You know, and he said, he says, and why did you give us this gold? He said, I didn't give it to you. My uncle, the bishop, gave you this gold. His name's Nicholas of Mira. So this is where our tradition of hanging up stockings during Christmas and waiting for Santa Claus or, or our uh, you know, friends and loved ones to stuff it with goodies comes from. Uh, and also, there, but that, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg, really, for Nicholas. Uh, he did so much more than that. Another famous story is he rescued three falsely accused men from death. Um, he was persecuted by Emperor Diocletian and beaten uh, for the cause of Christ. And he was also known to have defended the Trinity 
against the Arian heresy that was spreading throughout the church. And at one of the councils of Nicaea, he punched Arius in the face mm -hmm. for singing a blasphemous hymn that um, that basically declared that Jesus was a created being and not co-equal with God. And he was nearly defrocked for that, but the bishop who made, had to make the final call had a very disturbing dream in which God said that he would not survive the year if he were to defrock Nicholas. So they immediately reinstated Nicholas. <laughs> so, um, so yes, Nicholas was not only a generous man, but he was a heretic puncher too. <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, I love that story. So that's right, folks. If you see a heretic today, give him one free punch to the face to the celebration of St. Nicholas. <laughs> Oh, yes, and, well, and, and Deacon Maverick, maybe you can answer this question. Why is it Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Christmas? Well, I think they're too afraid of what St. Nicholas is going to do to them when he gets to them and he finds out <laughs> what they believe. So, <laughs> Absolutely. People who don't Absolutely. get that, Jehovah's Witnesses are the modern defenders of the Arian heresy. Um, they believe mm -hmm. everything that Arian teaches, Arius teaches about Christ. Now, what's weird about the Jehovah's Witnesses, though, is that Arius believed in the personhood of the Holy Spirit, as to where um, Jehovah's Witnesses do not. Um, right, so they're a bigger... They're, so they what's even scarier about that is that uh, Arius is more orthodox than the, uh, than the Jehovah's Witnesses, because at least Arius was not a Macedonian. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know what a Macedonian is, a Macedonian is a, a person who denies the personhood and the deity of the Holy Spirit. So Jehovah's Witnesses would be both Arians and Macedonians in that regard. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, Nicholas was a fascinating saint, and I think that he has many aspects of his life that are applicable to us as Christians today. One, I think it shows how gentle he was when dealing with the poor and the destitute and how compassionate he was for those people. But he also had another side, which Arius brought out, which showed that he also had an aggressive side and he was ready to be aggressive when needed, especially when uh, a person was claiming to be a Christian and, you know, but then was clearly blaspheming the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that this is such a good lesson, you know, because I know some Christians, some well-meaning Christians who will say like, well, that's not nice what you're saying to those heretics and, mm -hmm. and things like that. And I, 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 I and one of the things I've learned from Nicholas is that, you know, when dealing with Muslims or Roman pagans, I think you have to be more gentle. So you can be more gentler with them because they're not claiming to be Christian. Whereas you have somebody like Arius who is claiming to be Christian, who is claiming to speak the truth that was preached uh, by the apostles and our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's more detrimental than being of a totally different religion. So you have to be harsher with a person like that. And I, I, that's a principle I think I try to apply to my own life in many ways. But uh, another thing maybe we could talk about, Deacon Maverick, is for our listeners, since tomorrow is St. Nicholas Day, um, is what parents can do with their kids as traditions um, for St. Nicholas Day. 
Mm-hmm. Great. I was thinking about maybe then creating a mini boxing ring and playing Saint Nicholas <laughs> the Puncher. Like, hey, do you believe it? Uh, I mean, that'd be great. You know, you know, boys oh. throwing around there because you know that's what boys do. But that's a joke. <laughs> do not do that. Well. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned that, Deacon Maverick, because there's actually a video floating around YouTube of a church that on St. Nicholas Day, I don't know if the, what kind of church it was, but it, was, it looked to be some sort of apostolic church. But um, this guy, they had this guy who dressed up like Nicholas, and, and, um, they, and they reenacted when he punched Arius. It, it was quite funny, but he had the whole bishop's mitre on and the vestments and the big beard. But it was there. It was the lesson for the kids, and the kids got a great big laugh out of it. But what I loved about it is the guy in Nicholas's suit, who was confronting Arius. He's like, "Oh, he's like, you don't believe Jesus is God?" He's like, "Oh, no, 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 I don't." He's like, "You don't believe Mary's the mother of God?" And he's like, "No, no, no, no." And then he just punches him, <laughs> and all the kids laugh. And I thought that would be such a fun tradition for a parish to do on Saint Nicholas Day is to reenact that moment um in order to teach a valuable lesson about the holy trinity imagine um imagine like an action movie about saint nicholas like i mean i'm not condoning you know (laughs) blasphemy but it's like he's back from the past it's saint nicholas the movie you know (laughs) it's like he's gonna punch heretics back into the lost century it's Saint Nicholas. <laughs> you know, I that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you could hear the you could hear the Rocky music playing in the background as he's speed bagging in the in the gym. You know, <laughs> <laughs> great. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, another well established tradition that's been done with Saint Nicholas um, was the giving of gold coins on Saint Nicholas Day. Now. In the in the ancient church and the centuries following Saint Nicholas's canonization, um, parents used to go out and actually get gold coins that were you know used to buy food at the market, and give them to children on Saint Nicholas's feast day, and they would put them in their shoes. Um, now, most parents I know today don't give their kids gold coins on Saint Nicholas Day, but I do know a few who will actually go out and buy uh, gold coins, uh, chocolate that are wrapped in gold foil and put those in their kids' shoes. And I believe that they also buy presents that are from St. Nicholas that they put in the kids' uh, shoes as well. And so kind of giving them this little mini gift uh, before Christmas. And I thought that's a neat tradition. Um, And then sometimes the parents even read uh, the story of St. Nicholas to their kids. And I, I, I'm hoping to incorporate that with my kids when they get old enough someday uh, to, you know, to actually sit through me reading the story and, you know, for us to sit around and have our family time of worship and prayer. But uh, I I need to get me an icon of St. Nicholas that I can put out on Christmas as well. But uh, yeah, so this is a, one of the things that I tell people is you want to convince people to come into orthodoxy, tell them you can believe in Santa Claus again. <laughs> yep. I mean, <laughs> that's a that game changer. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, it because is a game changer. Think about it. Pro- for most Protestants, they have no legitimate reason to practice this, the celebration of Christmas. Because if you believe that um, in you know things like the regulative principle of worship, you believe that something needs to be explicitly demanded in Scripture for us to do X, Y, or Z, and so Christmas is not explicitly stated as a worship as a service to be you know, a, a celebration to be celebrated. And so from their perspective, um, and there are many people, Presbyterians and some Baptists, um, who believe that celebrating Christmas is a sin. So um, mm-hmm. as an Orthodox Christian, we can say you can actually believe in Christmas and you can even receive many of the traditions associated with Christmas as a celebration of the true faith without thinking that mm-hmm. it's some kind of pagan celebration or anything like that. Because I think that um, I think this is the part of the year where I tend to see those kind of things. Did you know that Christmas is a pagan holiday? It's like, no, no, no. Um, this is just bad information. Um, you know, you know the movie The Zeitgeist? It was the oh it was a bad documentary. Yes. Horrible. Just Yeah, and so many people believed it though. That's the sad and thing. Was, um the thing is this is debunked by uh like about one seminary class debunks the the, the beginning of the movie and, and it's like a, it's really, really bad. Do not watch this movie. It's a waste of your time. Um, yes. And I, I think this is a, you know, there is, for our listeners out there, um, there's a great article I can't recommend enough um, by Father Andrew Stephen Damick of Ancient Faith, um, ancientfaith.com and Ancient Faith Radio. Um, it's, I believe the title of it, I got it sitting right here. I was actually reading it before we started our podcast. Um, oh yeah, here it is. No, Christmas is not pagan just stop is the name of it and he kind of goes through a list of of objections to christmas from christians and about it being pagan and he just swipes them all aside i think one of the things that people often say that that is pagan about christmas is uh is uh here i'll just read this portion of the article here he says is this about december 25th it says, quote, this is the worst. Did you know that the original Christmas festival was a holiday celebrated together with Christ's baptism on January 6th, not Sol Invictus, the Roman pagan feast of the Invincible Sun? There, I'm afraid, so I can't be, so it can't be, so that can't be the origin of Christmas. The Armenian Christians still celebrate the single feast on January 6th, though because of the calendar, some of them use uh, some of them use is out of sync with one of many of us uh, that that we use. It will fall on January the 19th. And even when Christmas did get moved to December 25th, getting separated out from the baptism feast, it was not about Sol Invictus, which was actually, uh, which actually postdates, uh, yes, you read that right, the association of Christ's birth with December the 25th being introduced by the Emperor Aurelian only in AD 274. Meanwhile, St. Hippolytus said in his commentary on Daniel, written in A.D. 202-211, that Jesus' birth date is December 25th. So maybe the pagans stole it from Christians. Anyway, it's a great article. If you have a chance, please read that. But um, yeah, the reform, the regulative principle of worship, um, this is something which me and Deacon Maverick have had experience with this because both of us at one time, we're going to tell you a really uh, 
uh, well, I don't know if we've ever said this before, but I'll go ahead and say it. But both of us at one time were, brace yourself, five-point Calvinists, weren't we, Dick and Maverick? The scandal. Oh, yes, we were. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But, but thank God we're not anymore, and we have repented of that vile nastiness. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, this was... Vile nastiness. But, That's great. Yes. But even, but, you know, it's funny. Even when I was a Calvinist, I, I never really jumped on to that regulative principle of worship. Although I did see that there had to be some restrictions, you know, in worship because I didn't want a rock band on stage, you know, or anything like that. Um, and I, and honestly, orthodoxy has been doing this for years. Um, but yeah, their, their idea is to, if it's not explicitly commanded in the scriptures, it cannot be done in worship. And I always wanted to say, okay, where's the regulative principle of worship in scripture then? Because it's not there. Um, yes, another uh, one. What's that? You shouldn't be doing announcements in the, in the church because that isn't explicitly stated in the Bible either. Right, and I think it's even funnier is that uh, they say you can't have incense or anything like that in worship um, when the fact and when Presbyterians who hold to that certain regulative principle will do exclusive psalmody um, as their church music, and I'm like, you know, it's funny that a lot of the psalms are about the temple and tabernacle worship, you know? Yeah. it's so, I'm like, you can sing about these Old Testament shadows, but but you can't actually do them or do things which are eschatological to them. But I always thought that was funny. But yeah, there was a, there was a time in England uh, where the regulative principle of worship was actually enforced um, under Oliver Cromwell after the English Civil War, and Christmas was actually outlawed. Um, it was actually, the celebration was even outlawed in the Puritan colonies and they actually made it a law that if you took off, like stopped working on Christmas, that you could be penalized for that. Um, even if you weren't celebrating Christmas, you could be penalized for that. And I thought, man, how much of a Grinch do you have to be to make such a law for your colonies? <laughs> You know, um, just robbing people of their joy. It's 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 so funny um, how I mean, it's funny in, in retrospect, but I, I don't think it would but it would have been funny, you know, if had we been living during that time period. Um, but yeah, Christmas is not a pagan holiday. And Christmas is was uh, the birth of Christ was a well established celebration amongst christians within the first century or more and i think that that those who who make that a hill to die upon are are really missing out on a great blessing and a great time for observing the church liturgical year um and because i mean at the end of the day we are liturgical creatures and we do things throughout the year and i like well would you rather do your holidays by the secular calendar of the year or would you rather do them by the church calendar of the year, which actually has some meaning for your life and, you know, some spiritual food for you to chew on? And I'm like, um, I think I'm going to take the church calendar. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is great. Oh, very great. Very great. 
And, you know, I won't take too much time on this, but do you know what actually uh, December 5th is, Father Deacon? Let me know. Uh, in Germany and Austria, it's uh, it was uh, it's actually Krampusnacht. Oh yes, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> they even have movies about that. I was actually thinking about watching yeah. the Krampus. You know. Yeah, yeah. The one in 2015 is actually not half bad. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like on the level of Gremlins as far as scary. I don't know if you've seen the original Gremlins, but it's on that level of kind of scary, and so which means it's got a lot of comedy in it as well. Um, but yeah, for those of you who don't know who Krampus is, Krampus is this this weird satyr demon looking thing that's part of uh, Germanic folklore, and they have a night where a person dresses like this thing and uh, goes around hitting people with switches who have been naughty on Christmas. He's sort of the anti Santa Claus. So yeah, I I personally think that Krampus is a bit of a messed up tradition. Um, <laughs> it's it's I mean goodness I mean that's like scarring kids, man. <laughs> yeah, you think? Um, that's why I told my wife I actually, you know, we haven't even done a podcast on horror yet, but we need to do one. I, you know, I actually am a fan of horror movies that are set around Christmas more so than I am ones that are set uh, during Halloween. And I think it's because because no one's really expecting a lot of bad stuff to happen on Christmas. So it's one of those things that really wrecks your, you know, holiday and your good spirit and everything like that. So Krampus is sort of the, the perfect figure for me <laughs> to draw out my holiday horror you know, cravings, but, uh, yeah, it, it is pretty messed up to say the least. Although I know some kids who would benefit from a visit from that guy. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I told my mom, I want to do that with her grandkids. I'm going to get me a big Krampus suit and go scare them. She's like, you will not, you will not. <laughs> Gotta love that. Don't right. Like the, uh, like that um, Easter bunny thing that you see, but it's actually this demented-looking bunny. It's like, yes, that's not the Easter bunny. That's yes. not the Easter He's bunny. He's like crying and screaming, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found that hilarious. Um, that's not the Easter bunny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have watched that more than once, by the way. Yeah, that was hilarious. I, I, I find it funny because I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that and the guy, the guy in the suit is clearly trying to keep his head on as he's running towards the kids. So I yeah, that it's was like funny. It's like they just be staring at it, and it's like, oh, it's not the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that was quite oh. funny, but man, I've seen some of these Krampus suits, and they are terrifying. Like, these guys, like, are, they have some guys that that's all they do is they plan how to how to make these Krampus suits as real-looking as possible. And some of what they come out with, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just monstrous. But, yeah, <laughs> me and you were a little bit demented, so maybe we could get into it. I told my wife we need to go to Germany one year during Christmas and kind of have a German Christmas celebration. Like we'll get there 
on Krampus night and then, you know, just go out to December to the 25th. So, you know, <laughs> that would be kind of fun, I think. Great. It's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what are your plans for Christmas, Deacon Maverick? Well, um, I've, I made contact with a bishop I know in the area. And mm-hmm. I was given permission by our bishop, um, Bishop Joseph, about um, being able to receive the sacrament there because they actually have Orthodox orders. So Wonderful. I will I'll be, hope God willing, um, if I can go, um, to the mountains of Tebek, uh, which is a very, you know, sort of monastic-esque part of Korea. Mm. So I'm thinking that this is going to be a great retreat if um if they tell me that i can actually come and and do that i'm hoping that that's the case because i don't want to have to be um in, you know in in the city for christmas yeah. um yeah and uh yeah and i guess it's just because um the the people over here in my town as much as i think they can be friendly and stuff Christmas is a spiritual time for me and I don't think that I can, that I can celebrate an Orthodox Christmas with people who, I mean, I don't want to sound mean, but people who Protestantize the thing and don't understand so much what we do in Christmas. So, yeah. Yeah. They they seem to, I always find it's funny that Protestants want to keep Christ in Christmas, but they don't want to keep the mass in Christmas, if you know what I mean. Yep. And I'm like, well, you know, if you keep the mass in Christmas, you will always have Christ in Christmas. Yep. <laughs> and I, I think that's that's sort of the beauty of, of celebrating a traditional ancient Christian observation of Christmas is that everything about it is Christ centric. I mean, that's I mean, the 12 days of Christmas. Amazing. Um, the fact that we fast uh, during the Advent season and the thing is, I think what's even more amazing is I think a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, that's so boring. You're not going to get your Christmas parties. You're not going to have your, you know, your eggnog and your, your presents. And I'm like, no, actually, that stuff's pretty well incorporated because I think one of the things when I was Protestant and God loved the people who did it is they had such a hard time competing with the secular aspects of Christmas, you know. And they they did not really know how to effectively incorporate Christ into Christmas, although everybody knew, you know, Christmas was about Christ. But I think that, that the apostolic churches have done a wonderful job of keeping, you know, the things that we love about Christmas, the feasting and the family time and the gifts and all that kind of stuff, but has naturally you know, communicated to us how everything we do, including the feasting and the gift giving that is so Christ centric to everything we do. Um, I, that's, that's another very, very happy thing that I've come to experience is that you don't have to try. This has been figured out and tested and has been as well established by the church. And all you have to do is participate. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So Absolutely. I mean, I I look forward to Christmas this year. I haven't been so excited. Um, even though 2020 was a bit of a bummer of a year, 
Um, just to let you know how crazy it was, South Africa had two earthquakes, it had a tornado, COVID-19, my grandfather passed away. I wasn't at home. And I mean, I know I have yeah. other two relatives that passed away of uh, COVID-19. So this year was quite weird. Um, and not to mention just the depressing environment I found myself in at work. Um, this was a bummer of a year for me. Um, sure. I mean, to say this year is a bummer is the understatement of the year. Oh, yeah. Huh. Um, I mean, on my side of the family, I uh, let's see. I mean, with COVID-19, you know, I haven't been to work officially. I mean, I've not worked not even a single week at work um, since probably – late March. Um, I worked on and off some days. They used to, they had us cut down to where we were working like one to two days out of the week at the office. But then they finally had to stop cold Turkey and I've been working from home since, which is really problematic for me because I have a very work home philosophy that I try to maintain. Meaning that when I leave my office, I don't bring my work with me. Yeah, right? I, you know, it's, it's, I, I put that principle in place because my dad has had to work so hard, um, in the oil field and even still does now that me and all my brothers are moved out. Um, and be, and he always had to bring his work home with him. And of course he always made time for us and he was a great father. But one of the things I noticed was my dad, you know, struggling to get that done so he could, you know, spend, quality time with me and my family. So for me, as I always strive to keep that principle up so that I could, you know, have that distinction. But with COVID-19, that's totally screwed it up. And it psychologically has not been good for me. It's been very hard for me to concentrate at work, you know, especially when I get a daughter who's not even two yet, who's constantly vying for my attention. And of course, my wife is pregnant with our second child. And not only that, but uh, I lost my uh, my uncle. God rest his soul. It's my uh, my mom's last sibling, uh, her oldest sibling, uh, to cancer. He had a very very uh, advanced and deadly form of of leukemia. Uh, we knew it was coming, but that just certainly dampened things. And then, of course, my brother. Uh, was laid off from his job. So that's been really hard for him and his wife. Uh, I mean, what, anything that could go wrong seemed to went wrong. Oh yeah. Donald Trump lost the election. That was an even bigger bummer. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens with the recount, but you know, it's just like, man, it's like the, it's the worst gift that keeps on giving <laughs> 2020. Yeah. I don't think it, I think, I don't think there's been a rougher start to the new year. And I don't think that I don't think there's going to be I mean, I don't think there's been going to be ever a time in history where people have been more happy to see a year go away. Um, not only that, but me, since I work, currently work in education, COVID-19 has had a really big impact on the school and the way that we have to teach and the way we have to students and all those kind of things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I hope 2021 is better, but, you know, Christmas is supposed to be 
peace on earth and I'm planning to make it as peaceful on earth as I can with me and my family. Cause you know, that's what counts at the end of the day is that your family and friends are close um, and that you have each other. And despite everything, I still have a lot to be thankful for as I'm sure you do as well. Right. You can Maverick. Excuse me. I said, well, I said, well, you know, despite COVID-19 2020 being a real drag, you know, we still have a lot to be thankful for. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, like, I mean, as much as it was a bad year, there also some, I mean, there are great memories I had um, mm-hmm. just um, with being received into orthodoxy, still in the process of finalizing certain things up. There's a lot of things to be optimistic about. Um, and yes. Yeah, so even in the midst of all of this death, decay, and chaos, there is light. There is light. Mm-hmm. Just like when a, uh, it's like when a forest fire burns through a forest, and then you find the ashes, but then the ashes are the fertilizer that that makes the ground renew. So, I guess totally. maybe that's the way we have to look at it. But yeah, I mean that that has been a light at the end of the tunnel. Is that you know I've seen where. You know, not only have I been received in orthodoxy or will be uh, with Deacon Maverick, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, you know, I know where I need to go. I know what my, you know, what God has called me to do, you know, to be a priest. And it's odd that it took, you know, something like this to get me to (laughs) realize where I needed to go. So um, I think we can say a prayer. but uh, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to go first? Do you think you want me to go first? How would you like to do the prayer? Well, um, how about you offer a prayer and then I'll lead us off with an Our Father? How's that sound? Okay, cool. Well, and actually, the, actually, yeah. before we get to that, um, let me let's see. I actually have in my Western right. Uh, prayer book here. I have a uh, a prayer where we could insert Saint Nicholas's name. So, why don't you start us up with a prayer? Well, I'll do the Saint's prayer, and then after that, we'll do an Our Father. Okay, great. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. God is one. Amen. Amen. O oh Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth Thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Heavenly Father, we ask that you keep us, and that you would give us a blessing after blessing in this Christmas time, we ask that you have mercy upon us and that you shed forth the light of your Son, Jesus Christ, upon us. O Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who art everywhere present and fillest all things with good gifts and giver of life, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every stain, O gracious Lord. Amen. Amen. Pray unto God for me, O Holy Saint Nicholas of Myra well-pleasing to God, for I turn unto thee, who art the speedy helper and intercessor for my soul. Amen. Amen.
Lead us off with the alpha. All right. I'll we'll do a call and response one. I'll say the first part, and then you'll we'll just go back and forth. Okay. And as our Savior Christ taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you all have a wonderful uh, Feast of St. Nicholas tomorrow and an even better Christmas season. Um, If there is any topic you would like us to discuss uh, in the upcoming shows, um, please let us know. Reach out to us on Facebook or email or uh, through the Anglican Vicariate page. We're also on there if you, if you've liked that. Um, And, uh, Probably, and I'm, I'll, I'll let Deacon Maverick speak for himself, but I know that probably in the next few weeks, I'm going to be super busy with travel and preparing for the Christmas season. So we may or may not have another podcast until maybe around New Year's Eve or so. Yeah. We'll have to see think, what happens. I think for me uh, personally, there's going to be a time of retreat. And if I, the moment I get onto holiday, I'm going to be trying. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be that busy on social media. So, I mean, I've deleted my Instagram and uh, just sure. all of my social media. And, yeah, just, just like what I said, you know, um, redeem the time for the days of evil. Um, St. Paul gives us this, uh, this, this um, advice. He says, redeem the time. And we have a very beautiful way we say it in, in Afrikaans. We say, quip detate eight. And that literally translates, buy the time out. In other words, spend your time um, wisely, you know, because the days are evil. Mm-hmm. Good. Very good advice. Don't waste your time, guys. Don't waste your Definitely time. Definitely not. Because... Um, because no. these days we have a prayer that we say in the St. Ambrose prayer book. Uh, it says um, that God may prepare us and strengthen us for the day which has no end. And we decide what we will do in the day that has no end um, by the actions and choices we do. We either have eternal life or eternal perdition. And we know which one is the better one. So, you know. There you go. There you go. Amen. All right, Deacon Maverick. Well, it is twelve forty-one in the morning here wow. where I'm at, so I'm going to go to bed. So otherwise, your wife's going to give a good you the look. Oh, she'll, like, she'll give me the look. It's like, and yo, Caleb. A... Did you? Oh, uh, yo, dog. Did you just roll into bed this time? Yo, yo, yo. What? No, he doesn't. She didn't really do that. No, she'll she'll just put her cold feet on my back while I'm sleeping. Oh, that's so. the worst. <laughs> oh, uh, you'll you'll get there when you're married. Trust that, me. That must be the worst, dude. Like, I mean, I you know when you have like cold hands, <laughs> and you oh, it's worse. Yeah, it's it's worse. Oh. Especially considering that I have a I tend to be very warm when I sleep, and so like she's like really cold, so it's like pss, 
when she touches my back. So, but, <laughs> but well, it's part of the it's part of the right of being married as a man. So, <laughs> right. all right, right, all right, man. Well, have a good night, and thank you all for listening again. God's peace, Pax. Cheers. Cheers.